Good morning, everyone. Okay, um, I realise we've uh, had a full program this morning, but I pray that um, we'll be attentive to what God will uh, want us to hear from Him. So, if you have your Bibles, or if you don't put your hand, hand up in there, and the Bible will come to you, and you can turn to Proverbs four. Proverbs four. Okay, it's uh, 638 in the Church Bibles. We're going to read the first uh, nine verses. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. When I was a boy in my father's house, still tender and an only child of my mother, he taught me and said, Lay hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or swerve from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom. Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. Esteem her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will set a garland of grace on your head. We live in a fallen world. It started off great, but now bad stuff happens. And we're to blame. In a world gone bad, the trick is, in life, is how to successfully navigate it. You know, to come out the other end in the best shape and having done it the best we can. You know, to know what is the best thing to do. When to stand up for something and when to keep your head down. To know and act upon what is good for us. And to know where the potential pitfalls in life are. It's all about making the right choices. And that's wisdom, isn't it? Making the right choices. Well, how would you uh, describe your perspective on life? Uh, Robert Frost, uh, a dead American poem, when he was alive, described his perspective on life like this. In three words, I can sum up everything I've learned about life. It goes on. It's pretty bleak. Or do we lean more to... Uh, Aristotle, the Greek philosopher, happiness is the meaning and purpose of life, the whole aim and end of human existence. Well, I think I tend to lean more with Aristotle than I do Robert Frost. You know, in our day-to-day living, there is a principle that influences the choices we make. What will make me the most happiest what would be, bring me the greatest pleasures? You know, I'd have thought it would be pretty much um, every parent has said at some time, talking to, about their children, I just want the best for them. I just want them to be happy. That is the aim of the parent for the child, isn't it? And I know that my mum has said that to me many times, especially when she supported me in the bigger decisions of my life. So if it's our goal in life to be happy, then the most important question to ask is, what will make us 
the most happy and fulfilled? And when we know the answer to that question, our choices we make will reflect that. And so for the rest of the time, we'll consider four brief points uh, from Proverbs on how to successfully navigate life. First of all, what we'll do, we'll have a look at Proverbs 1. So if you're in your Bible, just flick back a few chapters. And I'm going to read from verse 10 to 14. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. Like shale, let us swallow them alive and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot amongst, uh, among us. We will have one purse. My first point is watch out. The road to ruin is enticing. It's what competes against wisdom. You see, it's the promise of ill-gotten gain, the easy route. Throw in your lot amongst us and we will share one pot, one purse. But why warn? You know, most of us will say things are wrong. We know it's wrong to steal. But why warn us? Well, it's enticing. My son, if sinners entice you. You see, knowing that something is wrong doesn't exclude us from falling to its temptation. Knowing something is wrong doesn't um, exclude us from falling to its temptation. The The fact is, everyone faces temptation, including ourselves, including our children. No one is immune. You know, that promise of the quick buck, the offer of the easier life, the pledge of gratification with no strings. And that's the worry, isn't it? I want for my children to be immune from temptation. I want to protect them from the pitfalls in life. But I can't guarantee immunity. I can't guarantee to them protection. Neither will it matter how much I teach them about the particular dangers. Just in the same way that the huge um, smoking kills on cigarette packets don't deter people from taking up the habit. Now to keep us falling away to temptation will depend on discovering something far more attractive than what the world offers. You see, the battle is for our heart. If we had time, we would read chapter 9 together, because what we have there, we see two competing forces at work in our lives, battling for our attention and our hearts. We have uh, wisdom and foolishness personified in lady wisdom and lady folly. You see, it is a serious battle and we need to wake up to it because there are only two possible outcomes. Verse 11 of chapter 9, you might want to flick to it. For through wisdom, your days will be many and years will be added to your life. That's what wisdom is promising us, long life. But you see, folly, Lady Folly, who vies for our attention in verse 18 says, um, it reads of her, but little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are deep in the realm of the dead. Two outcomes, death 
and life. Wisdom is offering life. Folly is offering death. But you see verse 13 and 14 shows Lady Folly seductive and in your face. We've already read that the sin entices. You see, she wants to grab our attention. She wants to grab our um, uh, yeah, she wants to grab our attention. In, verse, uh, in chapter 7 of Proverbs, we also find her described dressed as a harlot and cunning of heart. You see, we say it, this is lady foolishness, but foolishness is not stupidity. She is cunning. She uses all the tricks that any marketing or advertising firm would do to get people to buy their wares. You see, she sits at the door of her house in verse 14 on the seat at the highest point of the city. And if we were to look back at the context, this is where, in Solomon's time, that all the pagan idols were were given their sanctuaries. You see, it reveals her true character and her true colors. You know, folly offers us the promise of gratification to get more and something better than God himself. You know, her goal is to seduce people away from the proper worship of God and seeks the opposite. Well, in, in chapter 9, we also read in verse 10, a solution. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. How are we going to Watch out for that road to ruin. How are we to know where that part, uh, which path to step on? Well, we need to get to know God. God is the foundation of wisdom and the fear of him. See, wisdom starts, begins with the fear of the Lord. It carries on with the instruction, the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. And where are we to find that? Well, the New Testament says that Jesus Christ is the manifestation of God's wisdom. You see, Jesus reveals the Father. What we know of God, of the Holy One, is revealed in Jesus Christ himself. Jesus reveals the uh, the mystery of God's salvation plan. And his death on the cross reveals God's revulsion and wrath against sinners. God is shown, it's revealed, we know that God is the just and the justifier through the cross. Jesus reveals his holiness and supremacy. He was raised to reign and he will come again to judge. Jesus is at the centre of knowing God. But there is that problem, isn't there? We need a new heart to recognise God's wisdom. Many people didn't recognize Jesus when he walked the face of the earth. But we need a new heart. We need to be reborn. And that's something to pray for, isn't it? Without a new heart, we cannot fear God. And fearing God is the beginning of wisdom. You know, fools will deny God. They will portray God as someone not to be feared. I'm sure everybody's heard of Noel Gallagher. And in one of his songs... Do you know what I mean? Has these lines. I met my maker. I made him cry. But that's the pervading attitude today, isn't it? 
is that God is someone to answer to us. But we need to fear him because he is the one who is judge and supreme and holy. No wonder Proverbs tells us, stay away from a fool, for you will not find knowledge on their lips. Well, if you want to avoid being a fool, if you want to avoid death, and instead want life in its fullest sense, you need to know Jesus. You need to get Jesus. He is God's wisdom, and through him life is found. Get to know God, fear him. It's the beginning of wisdom. Get wisdom as your bodyguard. This is walking with wisdom. As we fear God, how do we carry on in our lives? Well, any bodyguard worth his salt knows that to do his job properly, he must be with his client at all times. It's pointless for him to be bodyguard and go off to the toilet and leave the, whoever they're protecting vulnerable. You know, you can ask any Hollywood actor and they will demand the presence 24-7. Well, let's look again at Proverbs 4, but we'll have a look at verses 5 to 7. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. She will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. And that's what we're considering this morning, aren't we? Protecting and guiding the family. And here we see how that can happen. Do not forsake wisdom. She will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. So if we are to be sending out our children into a world where Lady Folly is loud and seductive, we need to protect them as best we can because we've discovered it's a matter of life and death. If you take your children seriously, if you take your own life seriously, then you'll take godly wisdom seriously too. See, chapter 4 stresses deeply the protection that is needed for living in this world though it costs all you have. You know, I cannot imagine anybody here would willfully blindfold their loved ones and send them out into a minefield. It's daft, isn't it? It's as good as giving them a death sentence. To not put on the protection of wisdom is just as much foolish and cruel. If I had to send out my own children, I'd give everything I have for them to be able to see and to have a metal detector in their hands. Well, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you want that for yourself? Well, as we've seen, no one is out of the reach of Lady Folly and her allure. Now, the temptation of happiness and fulfillment of a life lived apart from the Lord. To a child with Wellington boots on, she has laid out landmines and disguised them as puddles. It sounds sinister, and that's because it is sinister. Peter, in his uh, first letter, he says, Be alert and of sober mind. The enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. You see, behind all of this, the puppeteer is Satan. 
Now, Satan is looking to rob God's children away from him. Satan has us and our children in his sights. And he will get Lady Folly to sing any tune that we, our ears would love to hear. Just so that we'd give up on God. There is danger. There's extreme danger. So do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it cost you all you have, get understanding. I will give all for my children. But we need to realize there's a greater danger out there. And it comes as Satan entices us through Lady Folly. You know, we must get for ourselves and our children wisdom as our bodyguard. It's so important that we should be prepared to pay anything to get God's godly wisdom and to continue to cherish it. Finally, give wisdom. Our subject matter for today, or one of the titles, is Who Rules the Family? Who leads the family? Who is it that gives direction and guidance? Who has that responsibility? Well, just listen to what the opening verses of the first four chapters to Proverbs say. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Chapter 2. My son, if you accept my words. Three, uh, chapter 3. My son, do not forget my teaching. 4. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. You see, the book of Proverbs read like a book of advice from a loving father to his son. And this is what David was picking up earlier. The responsibility of the father and of the husband. It lands firmly on their shoulders. The responsibility lands on those who are meant to lead, such as the dads. If we neglect to gain understanding about God, knowing uh, knowledge of the Holy One, and then neglect to pass it on to our children, we are guilty of the grossest negligence imaginable. We are literally sending them out into a minefield blindfolded. If we know the beauty of the risen Lord, if we understand the holiness and the coming judgment of God, Surely we'd want to protect our children from that which would take us away from God. Who rules the family? Well, wisdom does. That's her job. Wisdom alone offers protection and guidance. I cannot, I, I cannot impart to my kids immunity from temptation, but wisdom will equip them. Wisdom will protect and guide them. And how do we find out about that wisdom? Well, that's our job, isn't it? Get knowledge. Get understanding. Get, at the cost of everything, get knowledge about God. Verse 5 of chapter 1. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. And let the discerning get guidance. So it's our job, especially the men in this room. It's our responsibility. It's our God-given responsibility. 
So how do those duties of, a, of the man, or even any of us, uh, play out? Well, we need to be praying for that healthy, healthy, life-giving fear of God. That is the beginning of wisdom, that we should understand who he is and who we are before him. We need to teach them godly wisdom. And above all, to constantly tell them about Jesus. That's how we rule. That's how the men rule the family, by telling them about Christ. By pointing them to Christ. Because through Christ we come into knowledge and understanding of of the Holy God and able to put wisdom into practice. It's because of Jesus that we know the Father. And because of Jesus, we can have this new heart which fears him. You see, Lady Folly seduces and entices, and there are many things in life which would take us away from God. But through Jesus Christ, he has just raised the bar of seductiveness. He is by far the most seductive person that we could ever know. He is beauty personified and, and wonder. We've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Therefore, we should pass that on to our children and those we have responsibility to. You see, because of Jesus, God can dwell in us by his Spirit. You know, in him, we are no longer slaves to sin and temptation, to fall over and say yes, but we can stand by God's wisdom. We're able to make decisions founded on his wisdom. We live in a fallen world with many temptations that would pull us away from God. It started off great, but now bad stuff happens and we're to blame. But it will not end bad. It just means that in the meantime, we must get protection and guidance. Don't be a fool.